Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Survive. Thrive. Stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Prepping Academy. I am forced. There's no tenderfoot here tonight. He is not six foot under. He is just working. I wanted to um, bring to you a podcast that I was on just a week ago. A gentleman named David Vines. He's on PrepperBroadcasting.com. He has a show that is called All Hazards, Communications, and Preparedness. That's on PrepperBroadcasting.com. The show was recorded on September 4th, 2018. The show title was Communication Security Before, During, and After an SHTF. We got into a lot of different topics. Um, I enjoyed it. David's a a fellow member of the Carolina Preppers Network. And um, good show. I want to apologize for... For not having any podcast up lately, we are still doing podcasts. We are just in the process of taking the Carolina Preppers Network, which has been focused on the Carolinas. We're releasing a new site at the end of September, where where we will be taking a new name called PrepperNet.com. That's PrepperNet.com. We will be taking it nationwide. Um, and it's a big undertaking and currently going on is a we're repair uh, preparing for hurricane florence coming um, to the carolinas and there'll be more on that probably in a podcast i'll do tomorrow night and and post it but i hope you enjoyed this um, from the prepper broadcasting channel david vines all hazards communications and preparedness that was recorded last week you guys take care and we will be back have a good evening this message is transmitted at the request of the united states office of civil defense
Well, good evening, everybody. This is your host, David Vine, for another information-packed podcast right here on the Prepper Broadcasting Network, live every Tuesday at 9 p.m. And um, we're on the East Coast of the good old USA, so it's 9 p.m. local for us here. Uh, Good evening or late afternoon for those out in California and maybe... uh, Maybe even uh, Hawaii. Good afternoon. Anyway, tonight's guest is Forrest Garvin. Uh, He is what I would describe him as a prepper extraordinaire. And I mean that seriously. He's been into prepping for long before it was called prepping. And uh, he's got a a tremendous background. Uh, He's he's, uh, got a lot of skills and he, uh, he and I are going to talk about communication security, or uh, a lot of people refer to it as ComSec, uh, but communication security is tonight's topic. And we're going to be talking about some covert things. And uh, before we get started, I do want to uh, get a shout out to uh, host, uh, Prepper Broadcasting Network host, Michael Klein, whose Reality Check podcast is live every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, His show is one of the first that I heard on Prepper Broadcasting Network, and he always talks about real practical advice. There's nothing theoretical. You know, we like to get into the technical details sometimes. We try not to go too far into them on this podcast, but, you know, sometimes we have to to describe what we're talking about. But Michael's show is uh, very broad-based in the subjects. You know, he uh, covers a lot of different territory. And uh, he was talking most recently about deception, a very interesting topic. So, uh, again, thank you, Michael, for being uh, kind of like the leader in all this. I met him, by the way, at uh, one of our ho- one of our guests' uh, meetings. He has this network of meetup groups throughout the Carolinas and actually I think in other States too, uh, and soon to be national. And we're going to hear about that, but, uh, Forrest, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. Describe what you do Forrest. Well, f- first of all, I, I, I do want to thank you for having me and I appreciate G man and his years of service to our, our community because G-Man has been doing this as long as I can remember. And then you mentioned Michael Klein, which is a a friend of mine. Um, And Michael is a great guy and I would recommend anyone to listen to his show for sure on Friday nights. Um, But Michael and I have broken bread many times together. So he's, he's a great guy, but um, thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Tell us about um, the Carolina Preppers Network and what you have planned for that? Okay. Well, about I'm an ex-banker, um, and um, I was looking for other people that had this crazy mindset of preparing and having my family prepared for any situation. And some of my best friends that you know five years ago were actually on bulletin boards, um, and I. I I finally, you know, got to the point that I'm like, I need to meet people. So I went to meetup.com and I created a meetup site. And um, about what three months out. What was the first? Out, 
excuse me a second. What was the first city that, that uh, you had okay. that in? That was in Charlotte, North Carolina. We ate at Fuddruckers. We met at Fuddruckers, which is an awful place to meet just for the fact of um, it is loud and kids were running everywhere. So we had, I think it was five people at the first meeting, and I was really discouraged um, because I, being an ex-banker, you know, you know, just, I don't know, I just had this mindset that I was going to meet other people like me. And um, I tell the story a lot. There, I met this lady. She's like a hippie, long hair, uh, colorful dress, and she's telling me she's a homesteader and natural herbs and medicine. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is not the type of people I wanted to meet. Little to know that they didn't need to change. I had to change. And now that lady is like one of my best friends. And I tell everyone I'm going to kidnap her because she has more skills than any other human being I've ever met. So, um, is this the same person you told me about that that was identified with res, uh, resist the resist movement? No, that was a few years later. Yes. So um, uh, a few years later, this um, young lady came in, had a resist movement um, T-shirt on, and I'm thinking, well, she's welcome. Um, nothing was ever brought up. Um, two weeks later, she bought her sister, or two months later, she bought her sister. And I'm thinking, this is going to get bad. Well, two years later now, they are, um, they are not only um, full-fledged members, pledged members, but they are also on my planning team and are wonderful people. Uh, we have a few different opinions, but when it comes to government, privacy, um, and, and think we're, and we're right on board and being trying to be prepared, we're, we're right there together. So... Um, but back at, um, five years ago when I started it, it, I didn't know, I just wanted to meet people like me. That was it. And since then it has, um, has, um, expanded from one city to 21 cities in the Carolinas. And we have over 8,500 members. Wow. Uh, we also, we also That's have, incredible. uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been crazy now with now, like any other organization, you know, not 8,500 members are active, but there are 8,500 members that um, at one point wanted to join, volunteer their email address, and are, you know, we include them because, you know, people have different things going on in their life, and sometimes... Well, yeah, I mean, uh, me, for instance, tell us about that CPN bug out you got planned. Oh, yeah, so... This, the, actually, the um, the sisters I told you about that um, that came a few years back, they've actually planned this entire bug out for us. So this is a um, we're calling it the CPN bug out. We're all going to a national park in the in North Carolina. We pretty much have taken over the campground. I, I am guessing with kids and and everyone, it will will probably have three over three hundred people. Um, we've got there's I think. 82 campsites that are completely full. People have been doubling up um, for over a month now. So I've got two other people camping in my spot. Um, wow. Wow. And hey, so, Forrest, uh, yeah. let's, you know, we've got some limited time here. I want to get on to the comms subject. Um, and I think we, we have a nice segue in that 
Uh, I'm a member of the uh, Columbia, South Carolina, Carolina Preppers Network meetup group. And okay. the, uh, you know, I met Michael Klein through that. And uh, a while back, I saw some message traffic regarding the bug out. And someone said, everyone must have a Beofeng radio. And so what's with that? Hey, let's take a quick break. Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the Target, LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, Secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com privacy. We'll see you there. So one of the classes, we're going to be teaching a lot of classes. When I say we, it's just members of CPN, the Carolina Prepper Network, we're going to be having classes the entire weekend. And people, um, communications is always kind of the last thing um, Prepper does because they're, they're scared of it. And so what we're doing, um, we did a big push so far this year, had over 50 people get their ham license. And we want people to bring their radios because we're going to actually practice doing a net. Um, we're going to practice... Um, programming the radios. We're going to teach them everything we can hands-on um, in the morning. It's going to be, a, you know, drinking from the fire hydrant. But we want people to not only, because all preppers, they buy the $24 bail thing. When you get further along in your in your comms career, you always kind of graduate to better equipment. But, hey, $24, you can't go wrong. So we're going to do a lot of real testing when it comes to nets, to um doing simplex we're going to do all that on on site there that's great now uh, you mentioned another network that you belong to and this one is actually a radio network you you mentioned black echo when we were talking earlier what um what's that all about okay um so amron um so with the carolina prepper network is changing its name um at the end of this month to PrepperNet, um and our communication piece is going to be handled totally by Amron, which is John Jacobs Schmidt out of um, Idaho. And the, he, ha, he came up with this, um, this uh, way of communicating, and it's called Black Echo. And what Black Echo is is, um, is an FM trans, transmitter, that, uh, a low power, that um, in a um, you know, grid-down scenario – I would be able to um, crank up my FM radio station and broadcast 
60, 70, 80 miles radius around my uh, where you know where I would be located. Now there's some offset issues there, but still it can get communications to a large amount of people because everyone has radios, car radios, you know, um, and you can get information out. And so it's called Black Echo. Um, during times of no distress, um, there's a limited wattage that you can do, um, meaning it really can go really past a couple of blocks. But in that time of distress, um, it's totally illegal for me to pump that thing up and communicate to people. And we're going to test that also at, um, at the bug out camp. But the wattage is key uh, because there is a legal limit and we want to stay within that legal limit, which in the in where we'll be, we'll be able to definitely reach all our campers uh, without breaking yeah, that, yeah. that limit. You know, yep. um, the you mentioned uh, the legal limit. Now that has to do with the watts that are transmitted, uh, watts of power that that are transmitted. But you know, you mentioned legalities, and I don't think we've um, I don't think we've really talked, at least not on this show yet about the Federal Communications Commission. I think everybody knows they govern radio. Uh, they govern everything, you know, even some of the cable TV, the whole nine yards, uh, all electronic communication and some other things uh, in the United States. And they have regulations. In fact, I have one of their regulations right here. Uh, it is... Let's see. Regulation 97.113. That's actually the United States code for anybody that's really interested. But one of the things that is prohibited, and it's directly related to tonight's show topic, is prohibited communications. Okay? And right after, um, there's a number of things, but right after communications intended to facilitate a criminal act, that's illegal. Uh, okay, but right yep. after that, right after that in the list is messages in codes or ciphers intended to obscure the meaning thereof, except as otherwise provided herein. And I couldn't quite figure that one out. But uh, anyway, 10, uh, 10 codes, you know, the 1019, 1020, you know, all those things, 104, all of those kinds of codes are permitted. But um, codes and ciphers, and particularly encryption without uh, permit, except otherwise provided herein, uh, encryption is a no-no for uh, amateur radio operators and, uh, and just about anyone else, including preppers. But uh, that's, that's all we're going to get into tonight in terms of regulations. But um, pick up, you know, I don't think you've mentioned yet Forest, your uh, background in uh, communication security. Why don't you give us a rundown on that? Well, um, I was in the, um, the United States Air Force in the in the late eighties, um, and I was in, I was actually an avionics and um, and radar technician. Um, while while I was in there, I became actually a communications not only a, a repair guy, but I actually came in. Um, they, the the job title is actually communications mouse. Again, it's Air Force. But MOS. Was, that's for those with no no. That's MOS for military occupational specialty. Right. 
And so I really, on a C-130 in our special operations group, I um, programmed the radios. I controlled the net. I was, um, I was home base most of the time in the C-130 with the officer in charge right beside me um, actually running the show. I was there to facilitate and make sure that he could communicate who he needed to communicate with in the, in the military. Since then, I've gotten out, you know, I was that guy in the military in the 90s, but since then I've got my, um, we got my technician and my general license and, you know, have a H, HF rig. I've got, you know, all, all the, the toys that one needs, um, and I'm still learning. You're being uh, every, modest. You're being modest, yeah. uh, Forrest. I, I want to go back to the Air Force apparently changed your life. And in 1986, you were a avionics comms specialist and worked on C-130 radios, uh, radars. Uh, and radios, way, yes. Mm-hmm. By the way, for people who may not be aware of this, the C-130 is the workhorse of long-range uh, special operations. And uh, he, was, he volunteered with JSOC, which is the Joint Special Operations Command, for two and a half years. That's what I mean. You know, you're being modest here. Tell us more, uh, <laughs> you know, about what you did and uh, some of the missions you went on, with, you know, without giving us any right. classified information, of course. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it's funny that you say all this because not many people – I tell people that, and they have no idea what it is, and I, I usually don't try to get into it too much. But, yeah, so JSOX is really – is Joint Chiefs, uh, you know, of staff. or chief, um, It's really working for a senior leader at the Pentagon. And um, our unit, uh, we had um, two C-130s. Um, we had um, – Members from every branch of the military, not only the U.S., but we had some um, some British um, service. We had a couple uh, Canadian uh, military. We had um, uh, oh, a guy from Italy. So we had our group was not just um, U.S. military. It, was, it branched out to other military um, and, and countries. We literally traveled the world and was on call 24 hours a day. Um, Can you give us a little give us a little bit of an idea? Now that was back in the 80s, so you know satellites weren't as a big a deal and everything. But um, can you give us an idea of what kind of comms you had on there? And I think you mentioned a problem once that you solved. Well, um, well, I, I, the, the the comms it's kind of interesting because the comms some of the comms we worked on is still it's archaic at this time, but yet it's still some of it's still classified. Um, I remember when the first um, UHF radio came out, they had um, uh, it was encrypted and also was anti-jamming. So every second or half second or two seconds, it would actually frequency hop to another frequency. Um, at that time, we were concerned that if we're in a mission, someone would try to jam one frequency, and this particular radio would hop frequencies. So the only way you could jam it is by broadcasting through all the spectrum, which takes a lot of power to jam you. And um, so, and the um, and it was encrypted. Um, and if you remember, um, it was in the late '80s. It was a father-son Navy guys 
that actually um, gave that oh, technology. Yes. Yeah. Gave that technology to the Russians, and that was the exact technology we were using. But the interesting thing was, the codes were uncrackable at the time, and we were frequency hopping at a random frequency. So, even though the Russians had the technology, they could still not listen to us. Oh, um, that's great! Because it very was, good because of the encryption and the hopping, um, it had the um, the sequence had to come from one source which then I would, um, in a sense, program all the radios in the mission and would, you know, we would all be. And so, yeah, it was, even though they got the technology, they really couldn't use it against us. I got it. Listen, 30 years later, we're now using Internet on a regular basis. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, Internet is, uh, I think, a modern miracle, I really think God gave us this as a, a way to educate ourselves and connect with other people. And uh, I want to get into the CPN Alert app, but before I do, uh, I want to mention you are uh, going to be an instructor at a very large gathering coming up called, uh, oh, I forget the name of it, but uh, it is large, um, and <laughs> believe it or prepper, not, I'm a prepper camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, prepper camp well, in Saluda. Yeah, and they uh, they are having you as an instructor, and I understand you're giving a class on spy techniques. So tell us about those. Okay, so well, last year I did a class. It was called Spy Class, and it was, uh, you know, I just tried to come up with some cool stuff. Um, it was breaking out of duct tape. It was escaping evasion, picking locks. Um, I introduce um, SDR, which is a software-defined radio, and the uses that you can use that for, um, which is interesting. Just this week, um, President Trump was in my hometown, Charlotte, ah. and I brought, up, I brought up my SDR because with the SDR, it's receive-only, connects to your laptop. Um, you can um, – track airplanes in the sky you don't need any other tank i mean you don't need to connect to the internet just that you receive their signal i think it's the adf signal automatic okay finder. let me just no stop you for a second yeah, now, hang right. on just a second sdr is software defined radio and what does that mean that means it, you can buy okay, a 20 dollar. it means you can buy a 20 dollar uh usb stick which got some electronics in it Stick that into a USB port on your computer, and your computer now becomes a very sophisticated uh, receiver. And people used to pay literally thousands of dollars to do the kinds of things you can do with this $20 uh, USB stick. It also has uh, several free programs that are absolutely incredible. Tell us what you can do with those free programs. Well, one of them you can track any like aircraft, train, ship, and it will map it on a map because all these um, transportations um, devices or vehicles they all um, send out a a signal telling you know the, you know the airports where they're located, their airspeed their location, their altitude, all that information is actually sent in a signal and, um, and this software can receive it 
um, decode it, and then put it on a map, and you can actually see the flight path of planes flying in your area. It can also receive any radio signal generated. I am I am yeah. from I think it's, five it's absolutely hertz. amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, there's different models, and they cover different things. And there's actually a transmit receive model that's designed for right. the ham radio bands. But before we get into that uh, and try to, um, uh, you know, describe some more of these spy craft, uh, I just selected the technology or the uh, communications oriented stuff out of your slides. But uh, we've got a break now, so let's go ahead and uh, take a short break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of these spy techniques. Okay, let's see. We were talking about the uh, slide deck that I got from Forrest Garvin, our guest tonight, who's head of the Carolina Prepper Network, which is a very large uh, organization spread throughout the Southeast. And he has... A number of topics uh, that he's going to, geez, I think there were probably about 100 or so slides in there. But uh, he was talking about a number of topics. One that I want to be sure to cover, and that's this uh, CPN, uh, what is it now, CPN Alert app. Tell us about that for us. Okay. So um, we have many methods to um, to get information to our members, and one of them is an alert app. Um, so I can. So as our members sign up for the alert app, they put what city that they're located in, and then they check the cities that they would like to get information from. So let's say that you're from Charlotte, and when you sign up, you just put "I'm from Charlotte," and you don't want any other information but Charlotte. Then you know you submit, you become a, a member. So as um, as situations happen or what I and my team determines that is information we need to get to our network, um, we, I can send an alert straight to your phone, and it is truly an alert. It will bing your phone, even if it's on silent, and say, hey, there's an alert emergency. Um, two cases, we've used this, and it's been it's, – well, actually more than two, but two good examples is um, our um, – in Cornelius, North Carolina, there was an active shooter downtown uh, in Cornelius. And so I got that information. Um, I, I messaged just the people in Cornelius. And um, all, all the members in Cornelius got that information, and they knew to stay out of downtown. Um, and actually, two of our members said that they were actually heading that way as they got the alert. Wow. And, wow. and went another way. Well, another, let me ask you this. Okay. Pardon me for interrupting, but, you know, again, we don't have a lot of time. Tonight. Okay. Uh, I want to try to stay on track with uh, communication security. You mentioned some apps that you use for covert communication. Okay. Tell me about those. Okay. So um, one of the apps, the only app we really use that is on like a, a smartphone is an app called Signal. Signal is an open source encrypted end-to-end communication app. So as I type a message and I press send, it has already verified my phone and your phone, and it encrypts it on my phone, sends it to your phone, and decrypts it. That is a very secure way of communicating. 
Um, it also can do telephone calls. Because it's open source, it is one of the best apps, communications apps out there. Because it is, you know, day to day, it is tested by hackers to make sure that it is doing what it says it should do. Um, there's a great quote that Edward Snowden, uh, you know, famous for you know leaking information, he has tweeted uh, many times that. The only communication app he uses is Signal. Okay, um, let me ask you this now. Okay. Um, the, um, you know, the Internet uh, can, can go down, and, and that is um, de- a definite thing in a disaster, particularly natural disaster. Uh, cell phone service can be very easily overloaded, um, and... You know, and, and sometimes it's physically the towers are knocked out. Um, but we have two other uh, threats or hazards, um, and I'm I'm going to just briefly mention them, and then we'll understand another reason why I call Forrest the Prepper Extraordinaire. But uh, most people know about EMP, you know, so I'm not going to even talk about that. Uh, there's also something called the um, a CME a coronal mass ejection from the sun. And that is an actual event that has occurred in prehistoric history. And supposedly <clears throat> these things occur every hundred years. Now, I don't know about that, but in any case, we're way overdue. Um, now, what happens if the EMP does hit and what happens or what happens, in, and actually it's more likely to happen, the uh, CME event happens. Well, Forrest has got that covered, and he is a contributor to a documentary called The Black Sky Event. And as I understand it, his main motivation for getting involved with that was to make sure that people understood that preppers aren't crazy. That is correct, Tell yes. It. Tell us more about that. So this documentary will have um, some of the best experts um, in let me, the industry. Let me interrupt you for one second. The yep. best experts, because I know about them. Okay, the best experts. Uh, a guy, a do- guy, Dr. Pryor, Pry is his name. Peter, Peter Pry, yeah. Uh, correct. He is, um, and I can't name all the ones that are in there, but um, former um, CIA director, um, There are uh, even, I think, Newt Gingrich. There are several people that um, are in this um, video, this documentary. And and the main reason for the – there's two reasons for the documentary. One is to bring awareness that we need to do something about our power grid. If the power grid goes down, it's going to be very bad for everyone. And that our military and our government are not fully prepared to operate in a grid-down scenario. Um, the other re- the other side is um, because I know the guy that's doing this, um, and I've met him and listened to his um, his heart. You know, doomsday preppers did not help preppers in general. Everyone thinks we're crazy, and so he asked me to come on and we talk about my network and you know talk about the different type of people that come to our um, to our meetups and let people know that hey. You know, preparedness is not crazy. It's actually 
you know, the smart thing to do, and it's a loving thing to do for your family and friends. Absolutely. Um, and listen, before we go too much farther, I want to uh, make sure I don't forget this. <clears throat> Communication security is such a very, very broad topic. Today, it includes not only radio and tele, you know, cell phone, but also the Internet. Uh, there is one organization I don't want to forget to recommend, and that is a group called DEFCON. And mm-hmm. DEFCON is, you know, slang for defense condition. Uh, you've probably heard about that through the movies. But in any case, this is a group of white hat, well, at least mostly white hat and gray hat hackers who meet once a year out in Las Vegas. And I went to one of their meetings a few years back, several years back. And the amazing thing about them is that they put all of their stuff online. So if you go to DEFCON, D-E-F-C-O-N, dot org, you will find an absolute treasure trove of everything with regard to computer hacking, computer security, uh, Wi-Fi uh, hacking and security, cell phone hacking, hacking everything. And lately, they've been talking about hacking the, uh, you know, things like the Internet of Things, which will be connecting, you know, your refrigerator and your car right. and everything else. So DEFCON.org is definitely the, uh, the thing to do. But let's talk a little bit more about communication security. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You were talking about the documentary. And yes, there are a lot of very good people uh, in that documentary. And basically, they're all warning the government and the public that this is a very, very serious threat. Yeah, I guess the funny thing that came out of it, he, he said, I really want you on the, in this documentary because um, you are a, a business ex-banker, ex-military, and people don't think you're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, so he came. We, 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 we um, shot video for a good five hours. Uh, I think it's going to be coming out in January is his, is his goal. Um, he's got some some um, the, and there's and there's a preview video that you can go. I don't know the URL. I think um, it's black sky uh, blacksky.event.com if I'm not mistaken. I can it, it, maybe it somebody be, in the chat room can check that. Um, but it's a um, it's a great um, uh, video to check out. Uh, it's just it's just it's just um, he does a really good job, and he's won many awards with his documentaries in the past. So, um, you know, well, looking you, forward to it. One of the, well, I think the uh, former ambassador R. James Woolsey, uh, he, well, I should say ambassador because they have that term for life, but uh, he was a former director of the CIA. Now, one of the people who uh, I don't know personally, but I'm very, very familiar with, is Frank Gaffney, and Frank. Gaffney is um, absolutely an expert on the Islamic threat, but his organization that he uh, heads is called Center for Security Policy, and he really gets into this subject occasionally. And, you know, there are a lot of other uh, security issues, but, uh, you know, I don't 
necessarily want to recommend you uh, tune away from Prepper Broadcasting Network, but if you search for Center for Security Policy, uh, I think you'll uh, find their site and they have multimedia. You know, they have videos on YouTube of meetings where all of these experts talk, um, you know, about various subjects. And, you know, they have a podcast too, but it is definitely worth listening to, um, to get real in-depth analysis of some of the serious threats that the country faces. Uh, yes. And so, you know, let's, let's put that one to rest, um, you know, in terms of the documentary, but there are a lot of good people in that documentary. And, but getting back on the subject of, of uh, ComSec, what are some of the other methods that don't rely on the Internet? I mean, let's say, you know, things really are bad and we don't have an Internet anymore. Uh, what are some of the, you know, things you can do to communicate covertly? So you're saying without, without electronics? Correct. Okay. Well, one of the things that um, that we're teaching um, in an upcoming um, a class is just some of the basic hobo signs. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's back, you know, 100 years ago or 70 years ago, hobos could, um, create their own language to um, to warn other people of if there's a safe environment, not a safe environment where there's water. Um, where's a good shelter? And they would leave these signs and to the ordinary person walking by would just think it's graffiti. Um, so that's one form of a method that uh, of communication. Also, we use a thing called one time pad, which is a um, which is a very secure um, way to get information back and forth. But the inf- that it does have to change hands. So I could um, I would encrypt the document by hand encrypting it. We have no electronics at this time, and I would write it down. I could give that that letters and digits to anyone, um, and they it would be almost I would say it's impossible unless you're a nation state to decrypt that. Meaning you've yeah. got to have computers and hardware and software to do that, and major software and computers, I could give that document and say, hey, take this to Raleigh or California and give this to so-and-so. And And on the other end, they would be able to de-encrypt it. And it's a, a, and you only, the reason it's one-time pad, you only use that code one time. And then once that message is passed, you tear everything up and you kind of start all over. Got it. Got it. Now, uh, okay, let's assume that we are in a black sky event, and but we still have our radios. And, you know, this, this whole rigmarole about Faraday cages and everything, yes, there are ways you can protect your electronics. Uh, we're not going to get into that tonight, but there are ways. And I think while a black sky event would knock out the electric grid for sure, thereby, you know, basically shutting down the internet after a couple of days of generator power and batteries and stuff. But uh, just radios alone, they are not really secure because, for example, in your spy, uh, spy traits or spy techniques slides here, 
I see some information about tracking a radio or tracking a frequency. Tell us a little bit about that technique, that spy technique. Well, a um, couple, couple, couple things you can do here is um, I have several radios. I have a scanner. Of course, any, any signal in that spectrum that the scanner can pick up, I can probably listen to. But there's a few other things that are pretty um, neat you can do. You can actually not – you can triangulate another radio by using a radio. And one of the um, things I taught in that class is you can actually use a Baofeng radio and triangulate or even not even triangulate just by using your body and the antenna, um, you can start to determine what direction the transmitted signal is coming from. So you could track someone using just a basic $24 radio. Um, also, I have another device that goes on. Now, you, you didn't mention the directional antennas. Talk a little bit about that. Well, so with the Belfang, you can't. They do have antennas that are made just for directional finding. But what I'm talking about is, I if I take my radio, my $24 Belfang radio, and I hear someone transmitting, I can take that radio and put it up against my chest. And as I turn sick around, if I still can hear the signals with that antenna pressed against my chest. That means that signal is pretty strong. So what I would do then is would possibly take the antenna off of the radio because I want the, the worst antenna possible for my radio. Then I would put that against my chest and I would turn. And when I get, when I turn away from the signal, more than likely my, my radio would not be able to receive that signal. As I turn into the signal, it is likely that I would be able to receive that. All of a sudden, I've eliminated 180 degrees of where that signal is coming from. And, uh-huh. you can, and you can continue to do that until you get pretty close because um, you could use, um, instead of going straight off of the antenna, you could use a smaller antenna or you could use a piece of wire that is not really tuned for the antenna you the worst the, and so you'll get to a point where you'll have no antenna that means the signal you're pretty close to the signal um, i got but you it, but you can uh, triangulate just with a, a regular bell thing radio yeah okay when we get back we're going to talk a little bit more about triangulation because you know these antennas are not very expensive and you can actually make one but uh, let's go and uh, pay some bills for g-man So go ahead, G-Man, with uh, whatever you got. Okay, we're back, and we're talking about tracking a frequency. So, (laughs) excuse me, this is something that you need to be concerned about with communication security. And Forrest is talking about, excuse me, I got to get that cough button. You know, I'm not talking about cough drops. I'm talking (laughs) about... I'm talking about an all-fair button. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, now you have in your slides uh, three ma- uh, three points that are um, triangulating on a central point. But before we jump into how that's done, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the antenna. You know, there's been a lot of rearrangement going on and they call it uh, refarming or rebanding. Actually, there's two different terms that are used, but in any way, in any case, rebanding is involved with 
the major driver for that is this interoperable communications that was one of the uh, 9-11 uh, commission's recommendations. So they wanted uh, to see every uh, law enforcement and fire department, ambulance and FBI agent and everybody to be able to talk to each other when need be. And so that's why there's this big move among law enforcement to go to um, what they're calling uh, trunking, which right. is a very easy to pronounce term for something very, very complicated. Essentially, it's computer controlled. And it, in fact, is like uh, Forrest was describing before. It's a frequency hopping uh, kind of thing. But even worse than that, it is sometimes encrypted. It has right from the start out of the box. It has encryption capability. Now, personally, and I don't get into politics very much, but I do want to say, I think that's a bad idea. You know, um, your local police department is paid by you. Your county sheriff's office is paid Mm. by you. And you should be able to listen to what's going on. Now, I understand there's sometimes, you know, a real need for security, but that's a rare kind of thing. Now, antennas for tracking. Uh, Let me describe one possible way you could do this. Uh, Back in the day, before all the digital television and everything got rearranged, uh, different television frequencies and what have you, there were VHF and UHF television channels. Now, the antennas, some of the better television antennas, especially the long ones that taper off. And they, okay, they're wide at the back, and then they taper off to very short elements in the front. Those antennas are pretty directional. Okay, right. so some of the you know TV antennas uh, are more than likely useful. Now, I'm not saying they're the best, but they might be useful for triangulating. Uh, a radio signal. Uh, would you agree for us? Absolutely, yes. Um, and um, the kind of scenario in the slide was if you have two friends or you, you have one friend, um, y'all live like eight miles away from each other and you're both receiving the same signal, um, I could use my antenna for um, while I'm listening and kind of move the antenna until I get the absolute best signal possible. And then I can note that on a compass. My friend eight miles away could do the same thing and, you know, move the antenna until it gets the best signal. Because we have signal meters that we can tell, you know, so we're not just judging it on the sound. How strong the signal is. How strong it is. Yeah. And, all of a sudden, he gives me his coordinates, and I get and I give him mine, and then all of a sudden we can know within yards, possibly, mm-hmm. where that person is transmitting. The ham radio community they call it a fox hunt because they don't appreciate when people are transmitting on their um, on their on their frequency. And especially if they don't have a license, I actually have a, 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 a friend of mine owns the repeater um, on Mount Mitchell in North Carolina. And one of their members would, had their ham radio as he got out of the truck, the, his ham radio receiver fell between the seats and, and it got up, stuck on transmit. It got stuck. 
stuck. And so they did that, and within 15 minutes, they went to the parking lot, and they go, yep, there he is. They didn't know who it was until they saw the truck. They knew exactly who it was. Yeah, yeah. um, Let, Let me just finish off the tracking thing by saying that the front of the antenna, which is the shortest element in the antenna, the the the, uh, you know, there's, there's long ones at the back and those are reflectors and the short ones in the front are directors. And if you point that with the pointy end of it, when you point that uh, short end at a transmitter, it is somewhat directional. So you can test it by holding that antenna connected to a receiver with a cable and you, you know, you get a known signal source and you just kind of pivot yourself 360 degrees and to test how directional that antenna is if you turn all the way around that signal should be very in other words do a 180 degree turn from the direction of the transmitter and you keep the antenna pointed away from the transmitter 180 degrees you should have the lowest signal strength and right. consequently, when you start swinging around again, you're going to get the highest signal strength. And that's almost every radio has something to little bar, you know, bar, uh, bar indicators to, to show that. Um, so that is a threat. You know, we really do have um, threats out there. I mean, someone can find out where you are just by using a cheap antenna. Um, but uh, some of these other slides that you had here, privacy, Google is watching you. Uh, you're you're going to describe uh, Tor, you know, talking about communication security. If we do have the Internet, tell us about Tor, what you can do with that. Well, the, the Tor is um, it's a network actually that was created by the United States Navy um, for spies as they're spying in a, another country across the, uh, the water, as they're spying, they need to get communications back to America. So they create this network that uses the Internet, uh, but it's, it's, own, it's, it's, it's a kind of a, they call it the dark web or the deep, I mean, there's all kinds of names for it. But they used it literally to, to transmit information back to the United States. Um, today, it's still it's used uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of bad things that go on. There is, um, I mean, it, it's good and bad. I let try give, to get, go ahead. Let, let me give you, uh, uh, let me give our listeners just a, a very brief orientation here. The Internet itself, stand, the actual word Internet stands for Interconnected Computers, Uh, Excuse me, interconnected networks, I'm sorry. And these networks all talk the same language. It's the Internet protocol. That's the IP address. That's the address and the language is... uh... Now, websites are one form of Internet traffic. When you think about it, uh, if you're using VOIP like Skype, and I wanted to ask you about Skype too in terms of the encryption of that um, for us, but let's put that off for just a second. Uh, the Internet is just a pipe. It carries all kinds of protocols, one protocol traffic. One type is email. I mean, email is an entirely separate kind of traffic 
that flows through this pipe. Now, if you use a regular browser, you're going out to uh, regular HTTP colon slash slash websites. But if you use a Tor browser, which is free, then you're going to use the Onion routing uh, system, which is not the same as the IP. Well, it works on IP. It's, a, it's part of the Internet pipeline. But it is, uh, like Forrest said, entirely separate. It's not email. It's not websites. It's not VOIP. It's entirely different. And that's what we're talking about here. Tor is the free software. Correct. Uh, so can you wrap up that? Yes, and so um, on the on the um, so there's a network of computers, um, and the way, one of the reasons it's kind of um, secure. A lot of people would argue that it's not, but um, but I know that when I read the facts of the the crime ring um, Silk Roads, it took them years to crack that. It, they were doing drug trafficking, sex trafficking, everything bad you can think of. The only way they caught the people involved in that was a gentleman used a username that he used on the dark web, and he used it in real life. And that's the only way, after three and a half years of trying to, to crack and find out where these people were. Um, but it is it, it goes to different computers. It changes the routes, uh, the routing. It's, um, it's a pretty secure network. Do I think nation states are listening and are making their own network and building their own nodes? Absolutely. You know, but, I, I, there's a picture here. I'm looking at it from your slides. It shows okay. an NSA data center. That's that new facility that is yes. it Utah where they built that? Yes, they watch and record everything. Absolutely. And and, and you know, today storage is so dense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a little uh, thing that looks like. I mean, it's you could stack four of them tall, four of these little devices tall, and you would have, uh, you could have four terabytes of storage, and it would be smaller than a package of cigarettes. Okay, it's called uh, solid state storage. So if you can imagine what we can buy for 150 bucks, think about what the government can afford. And I mean, those those giant buildings that they've got out there and you've got a picture of it right here in NSA data center uh, out in Utah. Uh, Those buildings could hold literally millions of them. But anyway, we're going to go tonight. We've just barely scratched the surface. So I hope we can thank you for us for being a guest. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I hope that we can uh, get into this subject in a little more depth, but good evening. Goodbye, everybody, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.